This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warren, here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, 14 January in the year of our Lord, 2023. We're not even halfway through the month, and we can always tell this year is going to be even more historic than 2021, 22. It's just absolutely stunning how, um, what they say, they're, 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 uh, decades in which nothing happens, and then there's weekends in which decades happen. We're coming to a showdown, and we're telling everybody, everybody take a deep breath. This audience, because you are the full faith and credit of the United States, and you want to know how you can tell that? Look what's happening out in South Dakota, those hardworking people, on a Saturday. And these are people that have back-breaking work on a Saturday, the one day that maybe after they get everything done, they, they can take some time off. On a Saturday, they're crammed into a hall in some, you know, some, some meeting hall to voice uh, – they want their vote as precinct men. Right. This is what John Fredericks and these guys are fighting for. This is a populist revolt in this country. The little guy, you, the full faith and credit and the showdowns coming on the debt ceiling. This is why they panicked. This is why Janet Yellen sent the letter. We told you this was going to happen. They want to put a gun to your head. They're, they're hostage taking. We're out of cash. We're out of cash. You have to do this full faith and credit. No, you are the full faith and credit of this nation. Never let anybody, you know, I went to HBS. I went to Goldman Sachs. I can count and I can tell you Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs are not the full faith and credit. First, Boston's not the, the, the tech oligarchs out there. They've never defended anything in their life, right? The big corporations are not this uniparty crap up here on Capitol Hill is not. It's you. It's the cops, the firemen, the teachers, the insurance salesmen, the, the carpenters, the people that go to work, those people in that hall out there in South Dakota, that's the full faith and credit of this nation. They talk about the robust nature of our capital markets, the liquidity of our capital market. Why, you know, the United States, you start talking, say, why it's liquidity? I can get in and out of a security. I can buy a bond or get out of it. I can buy a stock. There's always a bit away. Why is that? It's not the SEC. It's not our laws. It's not our regulations. We've got strong laws, good laws. Sometimes regulators are on top of us. Sometimes they're not. But the rest of the world's got that too. Japan's got it. Singapore's got it. City of London's got it. What don't they have? They don't have you. They do not have you. That in every crisis since this country was founded has come through. And look at the 20th century. Look, we bailed them out in World War I. We then bailed them out in World War II. We then bailed them out in the Cold War. And now you're, you've already spent $100 billion over in Ukraine to bail them out again. That's you. You are the full faith and credit of this nation, and your voice is going to be heard. And that's what they're panicking about. That's one of the reasons we go so quickly. They understand you're getting stronger every day, right? And they can see this in the in the um, in the investigations. Also, the 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 top, as I tell you, I, I don't know if you have many other hosts that have had a top secret compartmented clearance, 
right? A couple of times. I had one back in the, when I was a naval officer and at the White House. And I can tell you the chain of custody was broken and that is a hardcore felony full stop. And why is his, why is his White House counsel's office, Miss Dana Remus, why is she leaving the White House counsel's office? I don't know. They say July, August, September, October. Why is she leaving that? And why is she rummaging around? This is the question they don't want to answer. Why are his personal lawyers, the golden meal ticket in this town, as I tell you, is be the personal lawyer to the president of the United States. When I talk about lawyers, the White House counsel is the lawyer for the office of the president from General Washington all the way down to the current time. The White House counsel, John Dean, did not represent Richard Nixon. He represented the president of the United States at that time, like Don McGahn did Donald Trump. The president's personal lawyers are outside. That's the golden meal ticket in a town run by lawyers. Trust me. They're getting paid just to get, hey, you got to get me a meeting. I got to have a meeting. You got to get this to him. So they're not doing, they're not moving boxes. They're not in, they're not in closets checking out the paperwork. Why were the lawyers there? They're lying about everything. Why were the lawyers there? And now, as I told you, anybody over there that does not have a compartment of clearance, that's also a violation. I'll guarantee you in her White House counsel's day, she had a, she had a, uh, a, a compartmented SCI top secret clearance. <laughs> there's no conspiracies, but there's no coincidences. We're going to have Mike Howe from Heritage here join us in a second about the, uh, about oversight over at Heritage and what's going on here. I'm going to play a call over for it. I got to finish with Fredericks. John, this thing at the RNC. So you're telling me Politico is reporting about you and REV putting this on. You're going to hold it anyway. If Rana doesn't hit the bid, you're going to have Fredericks. And I hear that he's, he's told Politico he's now qualified with three states or a territory in a couple of states. Harmeet's in. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it whether Rana shows up or not. You're gonna do the debate. Yes, and uh, good news for Mike Lindell. He has confirmed that he's now going to be officially nominated, which means he's got a bunch of votes because you got to have at least uh, uh, six in order to get nominated, two out of three from at least three states. So he's pro- probably got eight, ten votes right now. Mike's going to be there campaigning. But look, it all ties together, Steve. What you said earlier is this is a populist movement. And we're not going to be shut out. I think you saw with the 20 people that voted against McCarthy and the five that held firm. And if you if you look at the number of people on our base that didn't want McCarthy there, it was a it was a stunning number. You look at the number of people on our base that want change of the RNC. It's almost 90 percent. All we're saying is we don't want to get cut out of the process. We want to be included. You talk about inclusion. Hey, you want to you want to run for an unprecedented fourth term after losing five races in a row? Fine. Tell us why. Convince us that you're the one. Don't hide from us behind yeah. 168. That no, arrogance it, and the elitism that is going on is affrontive yeah. and it's disgraceful, Steve. But 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 even but even even people that oppose it realize now and admit that the one week we took to change the behavior of the cartel had tremendous benefit. They can see this in the investigation. They can see this on the way people are aggressive. They see the way people have come together. So the same thing at the RNC. Uh, what day with this, real quickly, what what day and time are you planning right now to do this with John Fredericks Media and Real America Voice? What, what's your 
what people should carve aside what day? Right now it's scheduled for uh, Wednesday, January 25th, two days before the voting. And right now it's from 1 p.m. to 2.15 p.m. Pacific time. That's Pacific time. Uh, it's going to be live there. We'll find a location, et cetera. But uh, if McDaniel uh, does not show up, we're going to go forward with the two. But I encourage you to do that. Because if you want to lead the party, you have to be able to talk to us. Right. Because without us, you're not there. There's no apparatus and we're done with it. We're sick of being carved out and it's not let them eat cake or pound sand. Okay. We have a right to have okay. a seat at the okay. table because yep. we Agreed. are the ones that elect the 168. Hang on. It's 115 to 215. That 215 Pacific time, that's that's in the middle of the war room. Sure. I, it, it, let me call my agent. I'm just kidding you, John. No, it, um, no, it isn't. One <laughs> we would give it's up. 150, we, no, it's, we, we, it's one, one <laughs> 15 minutes of war room. That's okay. Yes, but we'll get you involved in it. That's why I scheduled that, that way. No, no, so you can, no. So you no, could be I don't involved. Wanna, I don't, no, it has to be, it, it has to be totally nonpartisan. That to be totally not. I like your guy. I like your guy Anderson. You can carve out fifteen minutes of the war. We'll do that. We'll serve that. The war room's here to serve the people. Yeah. Call my agent. This is Frederick's elbowing that. into my afternoon show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Before I let you guys get Mike Hell up, I got the a call over. But real quickly, this 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 is your this is this is your side. This is your side hustle. Your main thing. What who do you like today? Who do you like today in your picks? I, I tell you what, I got I got three games today. You you want to go to GodzillaWins.com. That's where it all is, GodzillaWins.com. This, I've been hot the last couple of weeks. This is where I catch fire. I got three games I love this week. I love San Diego or the Chargers, L, L.A. Chargers, minus the two and a half going to Jacksonville. I think they win that game handily. I love Minnesota, minus three uh, at home with the Giants. This, this game should be seven. This is all New York. I, I don't get that. New York money. Giants are a fraudulent <laughs> team. That's two. And then I love Dallas. I love Dallas beating the goat, God. going to Tampa. Tampa should. No. If, if if Tampa was in Stop. any other division, Stop. they wouldn't even have made it as a wild card. I love Dallas minus two and a half. Go to GodzillaWins.com. GodzillaWins.com. Okay. Okay, brother. I'll see you Monday uh, on the debt ceiling. Thank you, sir. John Fredericks fighting the good fight. Call my agent. Okay, I'm going to play uh, cold open. I'm going to do this again for, for Mike Howe, given he's running oversight over here. Just, let's play uh, Joe Walsh. What do you make of what's going on with this, this far-right group in the, in the House right now? What, what is it they want, and how will they succeed, and how do they make sure that these 18 uh, Republicans who won in, in Biden districts and the, the many others who are otherwise moderate don't just sort of say, we'll vote with Democrats on some of these things? Well, they don't really care about that, Ali. What they're giving it, what they're doing is they're giving their base voters what they want. I'd add to what Max said. The one defining characteristic of these Republicans these next two years is revenge. These two years are all about the are all about revenge. The base of the Republican Party, Ali, believes the 2020 election was stolen. House Republicans reflect that belief. So they're going to investigate Fauci and COVID. They're going to investigate big tech, who they thought helped steal the election. And they're going to go after the deep state, who they believed helped steal the 2020 election. I, I, you, you, I'm so glad you emphasized this in your opening. This is revenge. This is about settling scores. And for most of these Republicans, Allie, 
it will work. They don't care necessarily about these other moderate Republicans. Some of them we've talked don't even care if Republicans retain control of Congress in two years. This is about feeding the base. Okay, Mike Howe of uh, uh, that runs the Heritage Oversight Project. Is this revenge? Mike, Is when you guys look at this, is this about revenge and payback, sir, or is it about, it's about making sure things are sorted out? Mike Howe. It's about accountability, first and foremost. That's it. We haven't had it for years. Joe Walsh and MSNBC are, are right to be shaken in their boots, but uh, this is about accountability. I mean, we can go from domestic policy to foreign policy incidents across the spectrum. There have not been significant looks into them or anyone held responsible for the past two years with the Democrats in complete control of the House and Senate and the White House. Accountability is coming. That's what it's about. Mike, give us, um, we're going to take a break and we'll come back specifically to what you're doing about Biden and Penn, but give us an overview of when we see Heritage Oversight, we have an oversight committee on the at the House. What is Heritage Oversight? So the institutional right has not played in this game before. The left has done it to great effect. I mean, look at, you know, all their organizations and funding and, and law firms that have supported the oversight and investigations work that created all sorts of chaos for the Trump administration. Well, that time is over. The Heritage Oversight Project is going on offense with our institutional power. We have brought in a team of top-notch investigators, lawyers, and we are working with Capitol Hill day in and day out, developing the record, suing the Biden administration for documents, getting a lot of documents, using advanced technology, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll as soon as this Congress, you know, gears up and situates the committees. This is about accountability, and we're here to help that. Okay, and Mike did this amazing. Uh, remember, they did the the analysis, the investigation on the cell phone data that showed you exactly how the illegal alien situation is coming across the southern border, and how the NGOs are a force multiplier to do that. It was actually brilliant. So we got a lot of faith in your investigators. We we'll take a short break. The oversight group project over at Heritage is, is deep now into this this horrible situation with this uh, highly classified compartmented top secret. Remember, these are there's a chain of custody there. This is a crime. It's a felony if you break the chain of custody. That's how uh, how highly secret these things are, even above top secret. Dana Remus, hmm, White House Counsel's Office to his private lawyer to in the closet rummaging around. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser, Mike Cal of Heritage Oversight Project next in the war room. So for the first time, like the left, we now have an institution that is hunkered down to really su- uh, supply uh, support and I think force multiplier for the normal investigation and oversight um, function. And that is Heritage um Heritage Organization, their oversight project. Mike Howe runs it. Mike, I want to be very specific. You're you're all over this. But look, this this situation. When they ask Chuck Schumer, when everybody's running around and covering, and you see an MSM, you see it's nothing to see here. It's nothing. It's inadvertent. It's inadvertent. Inadvertent intent has nothing to do with it. Anybody on TV talking about intent has nothing to do with it. There's a chain of custody 
on a compartment of top secret documents, a chain of custody. In other words, that comes to you. It doesn't come to some room. It doesn't come to a group. It doesn't come to your secretary. It doesn't come to your grundoon body man. It comes to you and your name's on it. There's a cover, even before you lift it up, that covers it. This is the most secure secrets in our government, right? Military, political, economic, diplomatic, all of it. Ukraine, Iran, UK, we know that for now. Compartment of top secret. And it's in a place that's funded, I think, by the Chinese Communist Party. And you're going to get to the bottom of it. Are you not my cow, sir? Yeah, we are. I actually went over there a couple days ago to drop off a courtesy copy of a FOIA we submitted to the National Archives in the Department of Justice, which we will be suing on immediately at first opportunity. So you're absolutely correct. The central issue here is what is the type of document, who had access to it, what were they doing at a Chinese Communist Party funded think tank during the you know former vice president's pay to play multi-million dollar scheme. But where I am most focused in trying to train our fire of the Heritage Oversight Project is the election interference aspect of this. So we got to look around the corner a little bit. They appointed a special counsel to look into this. The reason that they did that was to wall off all investigative inquiries. Essentially, Congress is going to try to get in this game. DOJ is going to say, no, we have a special counsel. We'll talk to you about it in a couple of years. You can't have anything related to ongoing criminal investigations of the classified material. But there's another aspect here that I think should be one of the chief focuses of Congress, and it is our litigation investigative focus. That is the decision by DOJ, the National Archives, President Biden, to not inform the public that on November 2nd, they discovered this material when a midterm election was six days away. That is political weaponization. It is election interference on a major scale. Had that information been out there, the public would have been better informed in advance of the midterm elections, and I think we would have had different numbers in the House and the Senate right now. That is my focus, election interference, yet again. I love this. So walk me through that one more time, Hal. You're you're saying you want to know everything that led to how they got in the closet rummaging around and finding it and why they didn't immediately come forward and tell people, hey, we have a problem? Is, is that the, the thrust of your investigation? That's exactly right. I went over the archives uh, on Thursday, and I laid out 10 different press releases where the National Archives affirmatively released information related to President Trump's handling of classified materials. So we got 10 press releases. We have loads of backdoor information going out through leaks via the DOJ, Merrick Garland, and the archives, press comments galore, yet not one single peep about such a monumental discovery on November 2nd, six days before the election. I want the war room posse to be familiar with one name here. That is Deborah Wall, the head of the National Archives. She is the lowest learner of this administration. She is a bureaucrat who sat on this information when she had an affirmative duty to disclose it, both ethically and, in my opinion, legally, based on her past practice of disclosing every last thing about Donald Trump for political purpose. Is there besides uh, there the, is there is there criminality in the cover up here? Because you're talking about the cover up, right? The crime itself. I'm telling you right now, as somebody say these clearances, this is these are black and white felonies. Don't let anybody spin you. There are guys and there are men and women in Leavenworth, okay, that have you know that one guy we talked about the other day had taken stuff home to work. Boom in the big house over there. 
These are the, these are the most secure secrets we have. You're saying from the time they found it in the, in the rummaging around the closet, which is a lie, which you'll find out that the national archives and others conspired to suppress this information. So the voting public would not know that when they went to the polls on eight November, sir. There's no other reasonable explanation, Steve. And this is why I'm using the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project to sue the National Archives for all of the emails, communications, et cetera, and also the Department of Justice. I want to know what were the conversations that, that happened around that? Did the DOJ give a stand down order? Did the White House counsel or Biden's personal lawyers give a stand down order? There is no justifiable reason that on November 2nd, they did not alert the public to this when the midterm election was six days away. Whereas throughout the course of an entire year, they had been uh, taking every opportunity to disclose information about President Trump. I believe that this breaches into the area of potential criminality based on waste, fraud and abuse and political weaponization of all these functions of government. We pay these people salaries to be press agents for the National Archives. That is our information. We pay their salaries to inform us of major events related to it. The fact that they made a political decision to hide this information, cover it up, I believe ventures into very serious territory where I think serious allegations of potential criminal conduct can be made against everybody involved. And that's why we need to focus in on Deborah Wall as one aspect. She's the head of the archives. DOJ is not going to play ball with congressional investigations on this. There is no reason why uh, the special counsel's investigation should put up a firewall on the aspect of the cover-up, okay? Special counsel focuses in on the, the criminal classified uh, handling of the information. The cover-up is a completely separate question. And I think that's where uh, we pull out that card. This house of cards crumbles. We're talking about election interference yet again. I like your, I like your theory of the case. Give me one more time what you're saying about the what they, they spring-loaded and jumped into a special counsel here. You believe your theory of the case at, at Heritage Rain Oversight, they did that to wall it off so they could protect him in the run-up to 2024. Just keep saying ongoing investigation, ongoing investigation. Is that your theory of the case, sir? Absolutely, and that's where this legal battle is, is heading. In the House Rules Package, they adjusted you know, the new what's called the Church Committee, uh, the weaponization of the federal government. Uh, the House Rules basically say that the House has access to files related to ongoing investigations. DOJ is going to fight that, you know, very, very hard. Adding in a special counsel adds in another layer of obstructing Congress from getting out that information. And so knowing that's where the legal fight will be and we'll be in court for, for months and heritage will be a central part of that. I want to start poking into areas where they have no justifiable reason for withholding information. And that relates to the National Archives and DOJ and the stand down orders not to release this information. I think that is probably some of the uh, worst conduct related in all this, and that's what we are suing on. And we are going directly to the heart of that beast. It's a whole, all hands on deck effort, but that's where Heritage Oversight is training our fire. Next week, we'll have a lot more on this. Uh, we're releasing some paper uh, explaining the theory in more detail. What when you think that'll be? You'll release this paper to, to outline your your battle plan here by midweek. You think? Yes, sir. So right now we have our team of investigators. Uh, laying out all different aspects of the theory that I, I just laid out to include a collection, a mass aggregation of every single statement that was made about uh, President Trump and the documents in Mar-a-Lago and the absolute complete duplicity of their handling of that. 
compared against the the legal case I just laid out of the waste, fraud, abuse, and, and weaponization, and also next steps for Congress to take to zero in on this, and we will put the full power of the Heritage Foundation and all of our conservative allies to focus in on Capitol Hill to make sure those steps are followed through on, because again, this is about election interference. We do not have free and fair elections in this country when the weapons of the federal government are involved in withholding information. This is very similar to the withholding the Hunter Biden laptop story and suppressing it. And uh, we just can't stand for that. We got another uh, presidential election in two years. We need to get the deep state out of our election. Uh, Mike, we want to have you back on. We released that paper right now. How can everybody get to Heritage and, and find out what you guys are working on and your social media? Absolutely. So on Getter and Twitter, we're just at Heritage. Uh, I am at MHAL Tweets on Twitter. Uh, we will be uploading these these memos that NGO study you mentioned uh, is up there using cell phone technology to track some of the worst actors in this border crisis. A lot of that type of contact coming from us. We're suing the pants off the Biden administration, and we need your help to uh, you know help point us in the right direction and call on members of Congress to actually follow through on these things because they're the utmost important. Mike, fantastic work. Glad to have you on here. Proud to have you on here. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. This is, this is what it means to be on offense, right? You have institutions, organizations, people are focused, and trust me, they're freaked out. They're completely freaked out. This is the reason they jump to the special prosecutor. We call for They jump to the special prosecutor right away. They're going to try to stonewall everything. This is why Jim Jordan announced their own independent investigation yesterday. Um, and but they also don't know that guy's deep state, but they don't know where these investigations will go. This is why they jumped the gun and pulled the trigger on the sending the letter and the debt ceiling and everything in the debt ceiling right now. The watchword right now is take a deep breath. We're not doing anything. They're working on a prioritization of uh, of payments plan. The house is to give them say, hey, take a deep breath. It's not going to shut down tomorrow. You've already said it's going to be June. We have to see the cash flow model. In addition, we have to see this debacle that's happened over the Federal Reserve. Who gave them authorization to do this? It's without congressional authorization. The And Mike Howe just said it, what, what Heritage Oversight is working on is accountability. They haven't been accountable. The administrative state is not held accountable. It's grown as a leviathan because they have this fiscal domination because you have um, th- these uh, budgets – that had these massive deficits in modern monetary theory. They said, well, they don't matter. We have zero interest rate. They don't matter. We don't have zero interest rates now. We don't have negative interest rates now. Got $16.5 trillion of personal credit card debt, and it's crushing the American people, crushing the American people. And now we're going to have massive interest payments on all this debt they ran up. They ran up. You didn't run up. They ran up. You're the solution to the problem. They're the problem. Always remember that. They're going to call you every name in the book. But here's the difference. Right now, there are people on offense. The hunted have become the hunters. Where? In your nation's capital. ...months ago that they intend to use their tenure to investigate Democrats. The rules package includes a provision that allows the House to create a new subcommittee to investigate the origins of COVID and to scrutinize the work of Dr. Anthony Fauci. James Comer, the Kentucky congressman and the new chair of the Oversight Committee, has also begun a probe of the Bidens and their family business. It's going to include a review of Hunter Biden's laptop, the uh, contents of which conservatives believe would have doomed Biden's presidential bid two years ago.
Comer's already requested the Biden family's financial records from the Treasury Department. He also wants Twitter executives to answer lawmakers' questions regarding allegations that they kept the story from spreading by limiting its reach on social media. Then there's the new Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which will be led by Jim Jordan, the new chief of the House Judiciary Committee and a close Trump ally who's also been implicated in the effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election. It is still unclear exactly what this committee will be investigating because its purpose has been left intentionally vague. Unlike the January 6th committee, there's no specific <laughs> inciting incident or event. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. It's the administrative state. It's it's all of it. This is a new church commission. So I'll get MSNBC, pull the files. Go study the church commission. We're going to get to the bottom of all of it. And they're in full panic mode everywhere. New investigations got to be of the Federal Reserve. How in the hell did they lose a trillion dollars? This is This is a debacle. On every aspect of the government, no accountability. The administrative state, and you got the you got the collaborationist uh, guys in the Senate, uh, are just as bad. Okay, we got two things. I want to go to England uh, for a minute. We got to talk about what's happening in the economy over there, particularly the strikes, because you're starting to see what happens when you mismanage your finances. Then I want to go to the Vatican. I got Harnwell, Cardinal Pell's, uh, who dropped a thermonuclear weapon on the uh, on the. Uh, metaphorically, on the on the Vatican hierarchy, the Curia. I want to go to that. Uh, Peter McElveney, Hearts of Oak. The, the, is, is the, have the Tories so mismanaged this thing? Is this what's, what are causing these massive, you got strikes everywhere. I think every time I look at another element of people that work for a living and provide a service, I, I see a strike. Is that going to be the future of America? What's happening in the United Kingdom, sir? Well, let me touch on the strikes, then maybe the reasons behind it. Uh, at the moment, uh, last month, the NHS was hit by industrial action. We had 25,000 paramedics, emergency care assistants, ambulance technicians, all on strike. We've got hundreds of thousands of workers all across the country have voted to go on strike, including rail workers, ambulance workers, Royal Mail, civil servants. It's hitting nearly every sector. And back in November, you had university lectures, 70,000 university lectures and teachers went on strike in Scotland. And that was the first time since the 80s you've had a strike in the education sector in Scotland. They're all demanding a 10% pay rise. Then you've got rail workers. So we've got a rail strike. Again, we've had a rail strike over Christmas, New Year. It's coming up again later this year. And for those in watching in the US, we are an economy that people use trains to get around. People rely on trains. We don't have two-car families here, by and large. So everyone relies on trains. And when they don't work, you don't get to work, full stop. So we have rail workers going on strike, uh, nurses and medics on strike. The nurses actually are on strike. They're ballot until May 2023 to go on strike. And at the moment, we have junior doctors demanding a 26% pay rise within of the Royal Mail, firefighters. It's literally across the whole sector, and it's generally driven by demand on pay. Um, this, of course, is a, a conservative government, as you said, Steve, have completely mismanaged our economy. Uh, we have crisis in our health service. We have a tax at the highest level since the Second World War. We have our debt at the highest level ever. We have inflation at 10.5% across Europe. It's 15%. Um, and there is no political direction. Actually, this 
at the moment, we have issues. We have a government that's on autopilot, and I've never seen it before. Where literally, I don't know who's in control. Uh, Rishi Sunak is not on the TV screens regularly talking. He's actually quiet behind the scenes, and I don't know who's running. And for all of Boris Johnson's feelings, Theresa May's feelings, at least they were there in the forefront. They seem to be driving it. But here in the UK, I, we don't know who's driving it, and this seems to have happened. And no one is taking control. No one is taking responsibility. There are no discussions uh, with these unions. And as I said, even on the on the medic side. We have strikes planned until the middle of May. What is uh, is anybody going to step up in the Tory Party and, and even internally? Do you do you get a sense? We got about two minutes here. You get any sense that somebody's inside saying, "Hey, we got to get a plan here. We got to present it to the people, or we're going to get blown out and be out of power for twenty years." So is is there a sense of crisis? inside the, the the Tories or even the conservative element of that, the more conservative element that, that fears Labour taking over for 20 or 25 years? Well, we don't really have a conservative element. I, when you have the Taliban 20, I wish we had that. We don't have that. We don't have anyone who's really pushing back and they're all thinking of their, their career. Uh, Labour are 15 plus points ahead in the opinion polls. The conservatives will literally be more or less wiped out. They will lose half of their seats in the election if the opinion polls happen today. There, there's no one who stepped up the mark. It's it's silence. Um, I, you watch the round of interviews with different MPs. There's no one who's stepping up the plate to propose anything new. Uh, the, the latest thought is, well, Boris is going to wait until Rishi Sunak runs into the ground and then he wants to come in and save the show. And it could be that MPs are waiting for that to happen. We literally don't have any big beasts left in British politics. Boris was the last one. Rishi Sunak is a, a no one, really. He's fairly good on the media, but he's not even doing media. And when he goes for photo ops, he is flying across the country and being criticised for that. But you look around and there's no one who is stepping up from the Conservative Party to take control. And it means Labour don't have to do anything. Labour will get in by default in two years at the next general election if something big does not happen. And it just seems to be playing out that Rishi Sunak is a caretaker for the Tory party and Labour will come in. And I don't think Labour will actually be much worse because the Tories have been Labour Party in disguise, really. Yeah, labor light. Peter, how do people get to you? I know you're on Getter. How do they get to all your social media? How do they get to the great show Hearts of Oak? So at Hearts of Oak on Getter, heartsofoak.org forward slash live stream. You can watch direct. Uh, we have our normal news review today, 3 p.m. On Monday, we're looking at Oxford becoming a 15-minute city, and you'll get fined 70 points if you move outside that area. Thursday, we've got Matt Strickland, who's running for the Virginia Senate, uh, District 27. Uh, so those are coming up 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday, Monday, and Thursday. Peter, honored to have you on here. Thanks for the update. Thank you, Steve. Ben, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the Vatican. First, you worked in Commons for a long time, uh, and you're, you've been very close uh, watching the 20 that saved us here with that debate. Is that the problem in the UK? Before we talk about the Vatican and Pell, is that the problem we got with this Tory party is that they are more like a Mitch McConnell and you don't have any firebrands that are prepared to step up and throw down hard and say, we got to change things here or we're just we're, we're really labor light now? What's the problem over there? I'd say, Steve, that the principal 
problem with the British Conservative Party is that it's no longer fit for purpose. It no longer has within it the real passion for the Margaret Thatcher reform agenda, that are countering the vested interests that she had um, in the 1980s. They do the lip service, the candidates, when they want to get selected for a nice safe seat. They say, oh, they're, they're into politics because of Margaret Thatcher and they want to continue her revolution. But the moment they take their seats, it's, it's straight off um, into the establishment. And this is, I think, one of the things that Nigel Farage says so convincingly, that the Tory party is really going to be dying and dead um, until it has the courage to rediscover her vigor. Talk to me about the uh, about vigor and about the Vatican. Why are we why are we bringing you in today on a Saturday, sir? Yeah, well, we're talking about a, a cardinal um, who actually did show uh, vigor, though we didn't realize it. Um, you mentioned early on in your introduction about a thermonuclear bomb which has been dropped on the Vatican. I might. I might correct you on that. It's more of a, a, a timed depth charge, a timed depth charge, which was actually released on the 15th of March with a secret memo, and that was circulated amongst the cardinals. And um, we found out in the last couple of days after Cardinal Pell died, he was one of the leading Australia's obviously most important Catholic cleric, but also one of the most um, visibly conservative cardinals in the church, he was the author, Steve, of this secret memo. And this memo was excoriating towards Pope Francis. And unlike most criticisms, like you'll find in, the, in his um, article in The Spectator, which was published the day after he died, where he, he doesn't attack Pope Francis directly in The Spectator article, in this secret memo, he does. Um, and here is some of the things that Cardinal Pell said. He said that the papacy under Pope Francis was a disaster. He said it was a catastrophe. Um, Steve, these are, these, are, these are adjectives you'll hear on the war room, but you won't really hear them anywhere else against the Pope, which I think underlines the narrative which we have been presenting over recent weeks. It's not because people aren't saying these things publicly that they're not saying them. That's something we'll dr drill down on, on on a future occasion. Here's something um, else he said. Commentators of every school, if for different reasons, agree that this pontif pontificate is a disaster in many or most respects, a catastrophe. So, th And that was the introduction to his memorandum. If you give me a couple of moments, I'd like to dig down now and 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 pull out some of his choice insights. The first thing to note is that, um, now I know I'm going I'm to have to give away for the break in a moment, but it, it, I'll start the point. His leading enemy when Cardinal Pell had a curial position in the Vatican was Cardinal Becciu. This is the cardinal who's currently a defendant in the Vatican's largest criminal um, case. The major enemy when Pell was here wasn't the Pope, it was Cardinal Becciu. This is what, this shows Cardinal Pell's, Cardinal Pell's magnanimity. This is what he has to say about Cardinal Becciu. And it's absolutely true what Cardinal Pell says. Becciu has not been treated justly because he was removed from his position and stripped of his cardinalatial dignities without any trial. He did not receive due process. Everyone has a right to due process. Well, obviously, that sentiment is going to be very close to the heart of Cardinal Pell, who spent 13 months in solitary confinement for a crime he did not commit. But it shows you there the magnanimity of his greatness, the greatness of his soul, that he comes out and strongly defends 
his nemesis in, in these terms. And when Pe Pell says that he hasn't been um, treated fairly, what he's talking about is that Pope Francis, Pope Francis has issued four secret decrees to the Vatican court against which there's no appeal for, for poor old Cardinal Becher that will help the prosecution. If I can go on, I can, if I can go on. Yeah, keep, he, keep, yeah, he keep, keep going, keep going. We got another minute. He highlighted the um, the something that Steve that you've been really leading on, um, the the Catholic Church's absolute lack of support for Chinese Catholics. He says there has been no public support for the loyal loyal Catholics in China who have been intermittently persecuted for their loyalty to the papacy for more than seventy years. Again, arguments you will hear on the war room and pretty much nowhere else in the Catholic or secular media. But this is said by probably. The, um, the the Catholic Church's most prominent conservative voice. Yeah. Um, finally, well, if I, I, I may, tell you what, ben, ben, finally, ben, 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 hang on, for one, hang on, hang on. We're going to take a short break. I want to save the last for the next sec segment. Ben Harnwell's live in the uh, live at the Vatican. Uh, also, uh, Moderna has responded to the FDA for their uh, shock and disappointment about Moderna holding back the information. Also. In the RNC, Dick Uline and uh, Bernie Marcus have come out in the anti-Rana camp. All next in war. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, MyPillow.com. Sleep the sleep of the just. I think the polls are showing, the studies are showing, I think it's the number one or two thing the Americans want most is a good night's sleep. Well, what MyPillow products do is give you a great night's sleep. Sleep the sleep of the just. And do it on a MyPillow product. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. You got the 80% discount on the inventory. On certain uh, it, certain products in inventory, you've got the Giza Dream Sheets at twenty nine, as low as $29.99. But just go to our square, check it out. You get the buy one, get one free. You got the robes, the slippers, the moccasins, everything to keep you warm. Toppers, pillows, sheets, blankets, all of it. Thousands of products. Go check it out. MyPillow.com, promo code War Room, support your humble servants here at the War Room. Of course, the great manufacturing company up in Minnesota, MyPillow, and the armor-piercing shell that is Mike Lindell. Uh, ben Harnwell, you've got one more aspect to, to release. I got I, I to tell you, we're very proud of the War Room that we constantly bring these things up. Cardinal Pell is a man of enormous stature, and his humility and, and, and how humble he was on these false accusations to shut him up about the finances of the Vatican. That's what it was to do and to penalize him. He spent a year in solitary confinement, a year at a man that age, and he used it as a journey for himself. His diary of those times is absolutely unbelievable. And they should, I'll make sure we promote it here on, on the show next week. It shows you the, a great soul. And when, when, when uh, persecuted on something that he knew was wrong and unfair, what he did in trying to make himself a better person and a better soul is just incredible and a great, this is the quality of person he is versus these jackals that you have to deal with 
uh, and their artists attack him and did this to him on purpose. Let me repeat that. They did this to him on purpose. They knew exactly what they were doing to shut him up. Ben Harnwell. Absolutely right, Steve. In fact, when I was talking earlier about Cardinal Pell's magnanimity towards Cardinal Bechu's manifest lack of due process, perhaps we take a moment to reflect on the fact that according to Cardinal Pell, it was Cardinal Bechu who had authorized payments to his, uh, Cardinal Pell's accusers back in Australia um, to shut him up get him out of the way um, and and keep him locked up in prison for a crime, let's repeat this, he did not commit. Um, So when he comes out and says Becho really has been treated very unjustly, that's the context behind behind that that demonstration of absolute magnanimity. And perhaps one can also say Christian forgiveness on behalf of of Cardinal Pell. So Cardinal Pell, I hope that anecdote illustrates is it some, uh, some kind of ideological militant here with axes to grind? Far from it. Something else um, that, that, that I just want to, to mention now, this is talking here for folks who've just joined us about a secret memo that Cardinal Pell had published in an Italian newspaper on the 15th of March last year, but he did it anonymously. It was under the name of Demos, which is Greek for people. Um, and we only found out in, in the last... Um, 48 hours after Cardinal Pell died, that he was, in fact, the author of this, this memo. So, so the things that Pell said um, back in March take on a, a more uh, pregnant importance now simply because of the stature of the guy who wrote it. And let's not forget, before going back to Australia to, to face uh, to, uh, the show trial, that the Stalin, Stalin, Stalinesque show trial that locked him up for 13 months, Let's not forget that Pell was actually uh, the Vatican's finance minister. We'll, you, we'll use the, the term finance minister to describe what he did. So he knew when he's talking about the corruption in the Vatican, he knew exactly what he's talking about. And now we have the opportunity to associate what he said with, with Cardinal yeah. Pell's name. Yeah. Um, let me just quickly go into remember, this then. If you've seen the, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just want if you've seen Godfather no, no. 3, you know some of the issues with the yeah. ba- the bank. and the, He was brought in to clean it up. He was not... And tr- t- Cardinal Pell was brought in as a man of stature to clean the entire mess up of the Vatican of uh, finances. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. And it's, you know, and to repeat the point that when he was sent off to when he was sent down in Australia, he got zero support from the Vatican or for the, for, for, from the Pope, who just washed their hands of him because, of course, it was orchestrated. They wanted him out of the way. Two very quick points, and perhaps we'll return to this next week on the point of schism, which we talk about um, occasionally, also on this. On this show about, about the, the the anger dissatisfaction with the Pope, can it lead to a formal schism in the Church? This is what Cardinal Pell has to say: schism is not likely to occur from the left, who often sit lightly to doctrinal issues. Schism is more likely to come from the right, and is always possible when liturgical tensions are inflamed and not dampened. That's a direct criticism of of Pope Francis, and in fact, foreshadows what. Uh, uh, what, what Pope Francis did when he suppressed um, an act of real gratuitous violence, the old Latin mass. Um, I'll close with this point, Steve, because I, I, I want to say a quick word on it. Um, back to the corruption. Pell says the Vatican has no substantial debt, but continuing annual deficits will eventually lead to bankruptcy. Obviously, steps will be taken to remedy this. He's talking about the, the, the future pontificate, the Pope after Pope Francis. 
steps will be taken to remedy this to separate the Vatican from criminal accomplices and balance revenue and expenditure. Criminal accomplices. And this is from the guy who was the Vatican's finance minister. Folks at home, many of whom are Catholic, many of whom gen uh, donate generous, generously on the collection plate when it comes around. Your former, Vat your former Vatican finance minister has said here explicitly about no. criminal accomplices no. within the Vatican. This is where your money is going, right? It is going to finance yeah. criminal activities in the Vatican. And if you think, I, I close with this point, Steve, if you think you have no power, you're just a schmuck on, on a pew expected to pay and you have no power, one thing you can do if you want to hit this Vatican where it hurts is stop the donations yeah. to what is a fundamentally corrupt organization. Uh, ben, real quickly, social media, how do people get to you over the weekend? Thanks so much, Steve. I'm exclusively on, on Getter. My profile is at Harnwell, which is my surname, at Harnwell, which I'm updating all the time. Okay, I'll be uh, up on Getter over the weekend. We'll be back here at 10 a.m. Uh, thank you, Ben. 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. It's going to explode off the football. Make sure you're up, ready, have a cup of coffee, be caffeinated, ready to go, ready to go to work. 10 a.m. Monday, Eastern Standard Time. Follow me on Getter all weekend. See you then. Thanks. <laughs>